brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Unspoiled, episode 128, Clash of Kings, chapter 52, Sansa. Stannis' vanguard arrives at King's Landing, but inside, blood has already begun to flow. Welcome to Unspoiled. So everybody, we have already recorded this episode and it was uh, not recording. So yep. it's this is a redo. So good job us on uh, coming back to the new week in style. Hey, well, we're already down to. <laughs> right. Um, but we wanted to say thank you guys for bearing with us for us being gone for such a long time. Took a whole week off and then did two episodes last week and then just disappeared again. Um, it's like we said. Things have been a little crazy, but we are now inside of our uh, our sweet studio that we've been trying to set up. It's not done yet, but we're here, and it's yeah. awesome. And we've got our equipment back, so we don't sound like we're inside a tin can. Yay! All right, so. So. Speaking of inside a tin can, it's King's Landing of a tin <laughs> can, and I'm like, yeah, speaking the people of... are spam? <laughs> nope, I'm losing it. You go. Um... All right. Well, this guy, this chapter starts off with uh, the docks and shanty town and everything outside of the city walls being burned. Right. Um, and Sansa's at the Godswood, and Sir Dantos is there, and they're talking about Stannis arriving and what that means and whether they're going to win or not. And um, and if she, Dantos is going to help her escape, yeah, which he hasn't. So he hasn't far. done anything. She's like, he's all I've got, and that's nothing. So this is the worst. Yes. Um, and he's basically like, don't worry, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, gonna yeah, be fine. It's like, uh, you do, cause what? Is his name Stannis? Because otherwise, <laughs> right? your guy might not be the guy. Yeah, he says that he's gonna bring a swift ship to take us away. But it's like, well, if Stannis is out there and they've got the river on lockdown, then how is he gonna get through? If 
they if Stannis loses, like obviously they're still not going to let her out near the river. Maybe it's Davos. Okay, yeah. Maybe he's, maybe Dantos and Davos are <laughs> in the Brotherhood of Da. <laughs> um. So yeah, who do you think his butt is that he's that's helping him out? Well, I had uh, two suspects. Usual suspects, because it's... I Well, he mentions selling secrets to Varys. Um, now, it seems it would be weird to be like, I've been selling Varys secrets. Also, there's this guy who's going to help us who also is Varys, but I won't tell you that. <laughs> so that seems a little off. I also thought maybe it could be Littlefinger, um, who has left, could theoretically come back with a swift boat. They certainly gave him enough gold. True. <laughs> um, and he would certainly perfect pro best to be a friend to Sansa even though I have my strong doubts on that actually being the case um, so those are my two thoughts but also just that this guy is so dumb that it could literally be anybody <laughs> um, yeah it's it almost gets to be like you're so drunk I'm not even sure you're telling the truth anymore like is right. this all inside your head because you've kind Did of you like had a psychotic break or tell this to a tree that had a gourd <laughs> on it <laughs> and uh yeah they sh- they talk for a sec about um Stannis saying that he's going to be burning the great sept at Baelor mm-hmm. because uh he's going to be sacrificing it to the red god because he already burned the god's wood at Storm's, Storm's End. End yeah um, and Sansa's just like, good, let them burn it. Let them do it. Because that's where her dad was killed. Mm-hmm. And she's also kind of suffering like a crisis of faith because the gods don't seem to be answering any of her prayers. Yeah, life's been pretty shit for her. Yeah. No, uh, no, the mother. No, the warrior. Um, so she takes off after he tries to make out with her, which is yeah, super always a classy move. And uh, she goes, she's about to go to her room, but she can't stand the idea of like being enclosed because she feels like trapped anyway. Mm-hmm. So she goes upstairs to the top of the tower and she's up there and she gets like this cramp in her stomach and like lurches forward and this hand reaches out to keep her from falling and it's the hound. Oh, oh, oh. And he's like his usual fucking cantankerous self. Yep. He just talks about how much he loves to kill people and how it's the sweetest thing there is. And if your dad said he didn't love it, then he was lying and blah, blah, blah. I love two things, gin and killing people. Right? It's like, dude, we get it. You're super badass. Can we just not? You're such a poser. Yeah, but you're afraid of fire. (laughs) Yeah, right? He's like, well, only cowards fight with fire. And it's like, "Mm, do they? Is that what we're talking about? (laughs) Sandor, are you speaking from emotional hurt? (laughs) Oh, he needs he needs counseling. He needs PS- fire... PTSD counseling. Um, <laughs> is fire the problem, Sandor, or is it you? <laughs> Just cry. Aww. Just let it out. Um, she's remembering too that she got sa- he saved her essentially from being gang raped, probably like Lolly's. Um, he saved Sansa during the riot that happened. Right. Um. She never said thank you, and she's kind of like, I should have come to say thank you for you. You were so brave. And he's like, brave? Does a do- Is a dog considered brave for chasing off rats? And I was like, mm. wow. How big are the rats? <laughs> Fair question. How many are the rats? Because I'm sure they could eat the dog alive. Do the rats have knives? Wow. 
It's an image. Um, <laughs> Depending on the rats, that dog could be pretty damn brave. I just love the imagery, too, of her like getting pulled off her horse. And the fingers that are gripping her, pulling her down, are all tight. And then all of a sudden, they like just slacken. And she looks over, and the arm isn't attached to anything anymore. It's just mm. like the best. I really want to see that on film. I hope they did a good job with it. You're telling me a lot about yourself right now. <laughs> I like stuff like this. Severed um, hand. And then it comes back to life, and it starts climbing up her dress. Ooh, creepy. Um, so, yeah, she has this really awkward conversation with him. And uh, basically, he's like, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go," and she like takes off. And did she- we mention that it? I feel like it kind of looks like she's about to commit suicide. Well, he thinks that. Right. It's it's like we're reading from her point of view, and it hasn't entered her head at all. Right, but it just kind of looks like. It. Yeah, because well, she like lurches because of the pain that is in her stomach and then he grabs her and it's like well did you intend to try and see if you could fly or were you just going to end up like your brother mm. snap yeah it's cruel yeah what he, you- he's he's pretty cruel he even mentions like did did you remember the dance your father did when his head was taken off his body like yeah why not, and not she says nice you're thought. awful and he's like i'm not awful i'm honest life is awful and it's like no no you're, you're also awful. awful yeah yep just telling it like it is, bro. I'm everyone else is just real. scared to tell the Keeping truth real. about how I'm a bastard and obnoxious. So she goes back to her room and she falls asleep and has a nightmare about the riots, which evidently she's been having a lot of those nightmares lately. Understandable. Right. And uh she wakes up and she got her period and there's blood all over the sheets and the bed and she she freaks out right and uh decides that she's gonna burn everything which is awesome like the best op- option obviously it's just take everything off the bed and just fucking shove it in the fireplace and nobody will ask any questions or wonder what the hell was happening are we sure this isn't how Ares uh the targaryen got started <laughs> it's just like i love the idea of like if it worked and she was able to burn it all but she didn't leave her room, and the maids come in later, and the bed is just missing, mm-hmm. and there's no sheets or anything, and they'd be like, uh... We've got... What? We've got another, Susan, we've got another bed that's come to life. <laughs> Quick, get those things that you beat mattresses with and meet me in the hallway. I think they're called sticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what sticks are. Um, but yeah, she, the maids come in and like basically drag her back to uh, another room out of the area where it's filled with smoke there's a lot of fire happening in this yeah. chapter it's a motif yeah a late motif mm, um zeitgeist. but she is bleeding again she wouldn't have been able to hide it anyway right and they change her into clothes that are not that are ill-fitting because all of her stuff is basically like damaged beyond repair but because of the fire mm-hmm. and they take her to see cersei right and uh, Cersei's like, do you know what this means that you have flowered? She's like, so I'm going to get covered in pig blood and then gain telekinesis. Oh, reference. And kill the prom. I was thinking about that movie this morning. What a crazy movie that was. Yes. <sighs> that, that, like, they're all going to laugh at you, like, over and over again. And, like, the first five minutes of, this is Carrie, by the way, for people who are <laughs> not caught up, uh, like the whole like it starts with like a 
bunch of high school girls in like a shower and yeah. then she gets her period which is like she doesn't know what it is her mother's never talked about it with her before also like it's very we're watching girls who are naked and then one of them gets their period for the first time which tells me that none of this should have happened <laughs> Yeah, it's a really awkward scene. And then all the girls like pull tampons out of their bags and just start throwing them at her. And it's oh, like, yeah, uh, of course, as you would. What? Yeah, the uh, whole scene your bodily is really functions. Uh, take this. But she's just like, and then, like, because her mother's never talked about it with her, she goes back to the house and is like, this happened and it happens to everybody and you never told me what the hell. And her mom's like, I thought it wouldn't happen to you because I was trying to keep you pure, but obviously you're just a whore like all the others. And it's like, what? You don't, you don't understand. Know, you don't know biology. Um, but anyway, back to Sansa. She, uh, Cersei asks, you know what this means? And Sansa's like, it means that I'm fit to be wedded and bedded and bear children for the king. An interesting phrase. Right. That's just something that everybody says, evidently. Wedded right, and yeah. It's clearly like a uh, an idiom. Yeah. Is that what that is? And the queen's like, uh, obviously that's a prospect that doesn't hold a savor for you that it once did. And Sansa's like, I love Joffrey. He is my king. I love him. And she's like, mm, you really should learn some new lies because <laughs> Stannis isn't going to like those if you wind up getting captured. That weird voice is not helping you either. Right. Yeah. It's almost like uh, Cersei just doesn't think they're going to win. The way that she says that there's like a really fatalist sort of Stannis isn't going to like that because obviously Stannis is going to be talking to me because obviously we're going to lose. Right. Which I don't get. Uh, it seems like Cersei's whole vibe is about being in control and in charge and just like sort of giving up even in like this sort of she's not actually giving up but just like mentally proposing it that way in conversation just seems so out of character for how I think of her yeah yeah I definitely want because you'd think I mean I could understand if it was just her that she'd be kind of like oh I'm so tired of this like this whole thing but it's her children who she does seem to be, like, very protective of. Right. So you'd think she'd be, like, way more, I don't know, almost like, I almost would have expected her to have a plan to get her kids out of there. You would think that would be on the table. Right. Well, I guess at this point, actually, Tommen's gone, so it's just Joffrey now. And her herself, I mean. Right. I don't know. I Like, maybe she does have a plan. Um but yeah, it seems weird that she would just have resigned herself. And like Joffrey's going to die. Like she might s sneak out, like not actually get executed. But Joffrey is a dead man. I don't, I think she would definitely get executed because, I mean, Joffrey would be dying if it's Stannis because he's the, you know, a child of incest. And Cersei would be dying because that was basically the sentence for a queen who committed adultery. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I forgot that Stannis was on the whole incest thing. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, for a second I was like, well, she was married to Robert and once, since she's a woman, like, she can't really claim the throne in the same way. So maybe to appease uh, Tywin, they might let it go. But clearly since part of um, Stannis' thing is that she's uh, a incest E an incestor, <laughs> an investor in incestor. Uh, she's got to go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I also like the idea that if Stannis wins here, somehow her other kids will be fine because they're not there because they won't be. Well, she doesn't even know where Tommen is. Neither does Tyrion. Like right. Tommen's being kept so secret right now that the only person that really knows is Jacelyn Bywater. 
and anybody that he has entrusted with the information, which he's not supposed to have really done. Yeah, so, and Marcella's in Dorne. Um, I'm not sure what kind of situation that would be. If I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he would try and kill Marcella, Isn't, but I don't know what. Is Dorne part of the Seven Kingdoms? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought so. And I'm not sure what kind of fight Dorne will put up. I mean, I guess it doesn't really benefit them at all to have Marcella marry one of theirs if she's not connected to the throne anymore. So they probably would just give her up. Well, I mean, you could argue... Uh... I mean, like, if it was Rob that was conquering, right? And they weren't just going for the north, they were going for the whole thing. And then it's just the disgraced king's family. Like, then you could see it happening because there's still Lannisters and they Mm -hmm. still have power there. But with Stannis winning, he's not going to be like, that's fine (laughs) that she's still out there. Like, uh, I don't think that's going to be okay by him. Okay. And I think he's going to be like, well, you guys can bend the knee and then and then you can send me this kid because I'm big on collecting children, apparently. Their heads. Sons of people. Boom. Sons and daughters. So uh, then the conversation takes a turn for, um, the for the weird, I guess, because she Sansa says something about Joffrey being the rightful king. And Cersei's like, yes, Robert's true-born son and heir. And, you know, does the whole, like, titles thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, says something about how Robert just wanted to be loved and that he went to people who loved him. Like, Joffrey didn't even like to be held by Robert. Oh. And uh, that he that's why he went and got whores and why he, like, he liked people to pat him on the back and tell him how great he was. And Cersei refused to do that, so that's why he left. And then... um and she says that my brother has the same disease of needing to be loved. And do you have that? And Sansa's like, everybody wants to be loved. And she says, let me tell you something. Love is poison, a sweet poison, but it will kill you all the same. So that's kind of a look inside Cersei's mind that she feels like the need to be liked is a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I get kind of what she means, but at the same time, allies are what keep you alive. So if you don't have any, no, you're not going to do too well. So I don't know. Also, there's something to be said for, well, a couple of things. One, I've met people, and I'm sure you have as well, who just always have enemies wherever they go. Yes. And it seems that mostly it's in it's their them. mind. Yeah. Like they are the common factor. <laughs> but it's like, these people are always out to destroy me. Yeah. Um. And also, if you go to uh, our friend Machiavelli, uh, in his trait, he was like always, you know, either destroy people or be kind to them mm-hmm. and don't do anything in between. So Cersei's on top of like the destroying people type thing. But if you're not going to, if you're not at least willing to convince them to love you, even if you don't want it or need it right. in for people who you need on your side, well, they're going to find that somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. They're going to like, like Robert kind of, they're going to murder cheat on you. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things that it's like, I, I wish Machiavelli had been around to give her some lessons. I mean, I don't because I don't want her to succeed, but yeah. it's just frustrating to watch how little she really gets 
on how that works. And like the one time that she tries to be nice to Tyrion, he immediately is like, she's up to something. Right. What the fuck is this? You know, like you shouldn't be that transparent. If you want something from somebody, if there's any time that you feel like they're going to be useful, you have to be nice to them all the time because otherwise they're going to know that you're just manipulating them and they're not going to trust you and they're not going to give you what you want most of the time. Also, like if you're going into, say, like a a poker game, your best move, let's say you're really good at poker, is not to be like, hey, everybody, I'm the best at poker. So you better be careful around me right? because I'm going to take you for all your worth. If you were smart, you'd be like, I'm just a dummy. I don't know what I'm doing. What and you're talking you about is it. hustling. Yes. <laughs> Hustle a little bit. That's like um the guy from uh the Duncan Egg stories that was the the jouster in the final book. Right. Spoilers everybody. Oh man, that came afterwards. <laughs> but he was a uh he had a snail for a sigil. And fucking Dunk is like, oh, he's got a snail. He's obviously the worst jouster. It's like, oh, yeah, that has a lot to do with it. Good. Where is Dunk from in your mind? <sighs> he's Brooklyn. He's, he's the worst jouster. <laughs> but he uh, he says to Dunk, like, I'm, I plan to win up until the end, in which time I'm going to come in second place because nobody, can, nobody remembers the guy who came in second right. place. So, yeah, Cersei, fucking take some lessons. Jesus Christ. Yeah, from Snail Guy. Snail. Didn't you ever read the Book of Snail? <laughs> Um, also Cersei like is kind of weirdly characterized because we get her like we never get her perspective so we only get people encountering her right so in the first book Game of Thrones like the main thing I remember from her is one her and Robert having a horrible relationship and two that kind of her showdown with Ned both in the Godswood and then later on in the throne room where Mm -hmm. it's like you fucked with me and now you're fucked. Mm-hmm. But now that we're a little bit more inside with Sansa and with Tyrion, she doesn't seem that on top of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder, like the thing with Ned, he was so naive that mm-hmm. I feel like that was just easy for her period. But then, I mean like in the Godswood, but then the uh, thing in the throne room, obviously she had a lot of help from Littlefinger with that. Right. So I kind of don't give her as much credit for that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because Littlefinger went and felt Ned out to see what he was going to do and then basically went to her and was like, look, he's going to do this. This is what we, what we need to do because you're going to be on the winning side anyway, obviously, because he's an idiot. Right. So I feel like she knew how to handle Ned in the very beginning. Just, I mean, she made him think that she was going to leave with her children. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't... Give, she didn't expressly say that, but he said, you can leave before Robert finds out what's going on, and uh, that way your children will be safe, because I know that you at least love your children. And she didn't really respond to that, and mm-hmm. kind of led him to believe that that was what she was going to do. I guess. Um, but I feel like maybe part of that is just because she didn't know what she was going to do. It was much clearer when Robert came back injured and obviously on the edge of death that she was going to be able to uh, stick around. So, I don't know. I've got a theory. Okay. I've been working on this metaphor in my brain. Uh-oh. Cersei is Batman. Ned. What? Is the, this is from Ned is the Scarecrow and Batman begins. Why? Just go with me. Okay. And she defeats him. 
And then Tyrion is like the Joker. It's like now that you're stepping things up to this new level, other people are going to come out of the woodwork who are even crazier. But Tyrion's not crazy. No, but he's like the uh, uh, manipulation version he's of like the Joker. The, he's like level two. Yeah, like he's like the <laughs> boss. He's like, all right, you beat level one. Here, you know, you're not even ready for what's coming next. I guess. Which is someone who actually pays attention to stuff. Weird. And isn't handicapped by I think a that is like a coat. really terrible metaphor. I think you're right. All right. I think so. I just want to see that new Batman movie. I want to see it too. I can't believe we haven't seen it already. It's ridiculous. Uh, see, we're not recording podcasts, but we're not seeing Batman either. So I hope you're happy. Guys, we do it for you. You goons. <laughs> Eagle high five? Eagle high five. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Unspoiled. Come and see us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash unspoiled pod. Tweet at me at unspoiled show. Brendan can be found at Brendan from beer. And you can come to our blog, unspoiledpodcast.blogspot.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow with a new chapter. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.